What is going on? Happy Friday out there. Yerks here, and welcome to Yerks Talks. We made it to the end of the week. With all the nonsense and craziness in the world, we got there. Friday, November 6th. How are we doing? Hope that everybody's having a good Friday. Hope that everybody's having had a good week. Oh, man. It's, it's crazy. There's chaos, but we're going to get through it on today's episode. Hey, it's Football Friday. My favorite episode of the week. We're going to recap that. Oh, that's It's depressing, that, that game last night, Thursday Night Football. As a Niner fan, very depressing to see. So we'll recap that game very quickly. We'll get on to some news, some football-related news. I've really There's some baseball stuff that's happening, right? There's been some off-season moves, but I think that I, I don't want to do that right now. I, I, the more I, the more I, the more episodes I do with this podcast, the more I feel like I'm leaning more towards football because it's the only sport that's happening right now. So it's been very predominant. It's it's predominantly been football, but there still is some basket hoops and baseball news going on. So I'm kind of at a crossroads right now. I don't know whether to go full football. And then maybe focus on the NBA Finals and the World Series. And then maybe shout out the pod squad every now and again. Um, or to kind of cover all three. I'm not quite sure. Any feedback would be awesome, whether you think. Because, yeah, football is definitely the one I'm the most invested in, for sure. So, we'll see. Just want to let you guys know what I'm thinking on this Friday so yeah, but uh, after we do some football-related news, we're going to preview all the Sunday games as usual. I'm going to give my picks. I'm going to give some bets as well. Uh, should be a good time. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Yerkes. Right now, just tweeting a lot of football stuff. Been tweeting the, I retweeted the Logan Ryan, or I either, I either posted about that, or I liked it. I retweeted about the Logan Ryan story that I covered in yesterday's episode. If you haven't heard that, uh, it was a great story. You can go to my Twitter, check it out at John Yerkes, or you can watch yesterday's episode. Those are the only two options. You can't find about it. You can't find out about it any other way. You can't use Google. It doesn't work. <laughs> you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Yerkes Talks. You can follow on Spotify as well, and you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts. All right, all the uh, Intro stuff is out of the way. Let's get into that Thursday Night Football game. We'll start with that. So the Packers, they beat the 49ers last night, 34-17. to I mean, as a Niner fan, what do you want from us, okay? We just we have second-team players everywhere. The defense is in shambles. Uh, Shout-out Fred Warner. Uh, thank God he's there. I mean, if, if we didn't have Fred Warner, our, uh, our middle linebacker, I mean, oh, he's incredible, man. Uh I don't I don't know how bad we would look. He really covers up a lot of holes, man, with all the injuries. I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna rant about, you know, oh woe is me. Okay, I get it. I mean, you know, injuries happen, but I mean this is absurd. I re- I referenced this last episode too, uh, with putting Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle on the IR, the Niners how have over eighty million dollars in cap space solely on the IR. I mean, you're just not going to win a lot of games. I think the Dallas has maybe 50, and you see how bad they're doing. So, I mean, the fact that the Niners are, are 4 and 5 is just a testament to how good they really are. But, again, what do you want? Okay, we had backup wide receivers everywhere, guys off the practice squad. Uh, it's really annoying because Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, he's a starting wide receiver, he tested negative. He's now tested negative two days in a row. So it was a false positive, which unfortunately – uh, they still had to be put on the COVID list. So him, along with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel might have been out for this game anyways. He's working through an injury. And the left tackle, Trent Williams, which was a huge loss, uh, were all out. I do want to shout out on, I mean, offensively, not a lot of stuff. I mean, Nick Mullins, he was okay. Uh, 22 of 35, 291 yards and one touchdowns. He had a pick. He got absolutely depleted when he let this go, so it wasn't, necessarily his fault he got hit as he threw he also fumbled not a great night but Richie James wide receiver he stepped up Uh, he came back from injury he had no touches on this season he's our punt return and kick return guy and he balled out nine receptions for 184 yards and a touchdowns three he had three catches that were over 40 yards he took one of them um just 
good play by him, man. He really set that up. I hope that he gets more involved. He probably will. I don't think Debo is 100%, even if he hadn't gotten quarantined. I still think he's a little bit injured. They might just sit Debo down, honestly. Uh, there's been rumors, too, that George Kittle could potentially come back uh, this season. Just sit him down, okay? And honestly, it's not the point. Let's just sit Fred Warner down, too, okay? I don't want him getting injured. But we really miss Trent Williams, our left tackle. Uh, Justin School, he came in to replace him, and unfortunately, he had to try to block Zadarius Smith for the Packers, and it just didn't end well. Smith got pressure on Mullins all night. It was really unfortunate. Let's talk about Green Bay, though. And, you know, I figured out Green Bay, okay? It's all about the Triple A's. All about the Triple A's, okay? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. When you have all three of those guys, just like the AAA insurance, you are covered, okay? But if one of them is injured or has to, you know, is having a rough game, things like that, then the Packers are going to struggle, okay? The defense, yes, they played good, but against the Niners' second team, I don't know. Uh, they weren't great against the run. It was more just that the Niners had to score points because the Green, Bay, the Green Bay's because Green Bay's offense was just clicking. It was on fire. Rodgers was 25 of 31 for 305 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he had all day to throw. I, again, I'm not going to keep harping on these injuries, but we don't have a pass rush, okay? We got second, third string guys in there trying to, you know, rush the passer. We ended up getting one sack. It was right before halftime. Uh, he had all day to throw. Um, Aaron Jones, he looked good in his return. Didn't have to do much. 15 carries for 58 yards, so not a crazy day on the ground, but he he looked good. If they weren't so successful passing the ball, then he would have had he probably would have had over 100 yards. He looked great. He also had five receptions for 21 yards. But how about Devontae Adams, man? When he's healthy, he, he's top three at least wide receiver in the league. Uh, borderline. I mean, you can make an argument that he's just the best wide receiver in the league. He like for what he what he does for his team, it's insane, uh, incredible man. Ten receptions for 173 yards and a touchdown. This is how dominant he has been these last three weeks. Okay, so he has 39 targets. He's caught 30 of them for 422 yards and six touchdowns. He also leads the league in touchdown in receiving touchdowns with eight. The guy is an animal. If he stays healthy. You know, long-term over his career, he'll be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He is that good. And it's crazy how the jump happened, right? Whereas, like, with certain guys, um, like Michael Thomas, for example, he's been great from the go. Whereas, like, Devontae Adams, he, you know, had to come up behind guys like Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings for the Packers. Actually, I don't know if Greg Jennings was still there when Devontae Adams was drafted. I don't believe so, but I know Jordy Nelson was there. Randall Cobb was still there, so he came up behind these guys, and he's emerged as the number one guy, a top three wide receiver in the league. If he stays healthy, uh, he, you know, it's great. You got to have triple A, though. You, got, you can't have two A's. You can't have the two Aaron's. You can't have Rodgers and, and Adams. You got to have all three for them to be successful on offense, in my opinion. I do want to highlight, though, again, yesterday I talked about how the Packers really should have tried to sign a wide receiver at the deadline or pick one up, uh, pick somebody off of waivers when they got cut. There was rumors going around with Will Fuller that the Texans wanted a second-round pick for him. That's a lot for Will Fuller. and But I, I still think Green Bay should have done it because like they're used to, they're terrible picking anyways, right? I mean, <laughs> this year's draft, they take Jordan Love and then a, wide, a running back in the third round. They don't address any of their needs. So it's like for them, second pick, like, ah, just give it away. Who cares? Because you're not going to use it correctly anyways. Just a little shot at the Green Bay management there. You know, don't don't take it personal. But um, wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he had he had a I mean, he had a good day for fantasy. Uh, two receptions for 52 yards and two touchdowns. One of his uh, receptions was a 51-yard bomb. It was a broken coverage by the safety. For some reason, uh, Marcel Harris just thinks that Valdez Scantling is just going to not keep running behind, running behind him, and he just stops. It was weird. And then he had a touchdown in the red zone. It looked like Jason Verrett was covering him on the play, and he slipped, and he scored that way. Uh, it's important. I mean, it's still good to get him involved. He had a he had a drop on a third down and five, and I was like, oh, man, would have loved like a guy like Will Fuller there to pick that up. 
but he, you know, came Rodgers came back and looked at him a couple ways. But, I mean, it's, it wasn't like uh, Scantling had an amazing game. You look at the stats, like, oh, wow. But he was wide open on both of the both of his catches. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Like long term, if that is a spark that gets him going, because they need somebody else besides Adams to emerge. Because Devontae has some injury concerns, and you know, uh, I think teams will eventually just be like, "We're going to double cover. We'll, we'll just double cover Adams and make you beat us with somebody else." And so, Valdez Scantling is going to have to keep stepping up. Good news also is Alan Lazard. So. He had a great game, I believe against. I believe it was against the Saints uh, that carried the Packers. Uh, but then he went on the IR for a core muscle injury, and it looks like that he he will return maybe next week or the week after. So that's good news for Green Bay. Uh, not really much else to say. The Niners are depleted. We're going to keep battling hard. Uh, just stay healthy, Fred Warner, because next season we're going to need you to bounce back. Also, there's a ton of rumors right now. About like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo's done in in San Francisco. Let's just knock that shit off, okay? I know that people are just doing their job, but this, he's been injured, all right. If you want to complain about his play, like, fine, okay. But do I? I what, I'm, what I'm gonna remind you of right now is that he was one play away, one bad throw away from being the MVP in that Super Bowl. So you guys can just can it with your Jimmy Garoppolo nonsense, okay? Now, it has been evident though that maybe the that. Kyle Shanahan's play calling has been a little bit limited because Jimmy G, you know, he doesn't really trust Jimmy G in some situations, but I think that's more due to the injury than the player himself. There was rumors also that they were going to bring in Tom Brady. That's not great on somebody's mental, you know, at the quarterback position. You think that you're the franchise guy, and then they're going to shop for another quarterback. Not great. But, it, you know, if it is the end of Jimmy G, he'll get another shot somewhere. He's, for me, he's a, he's a top court. He's, He's in the top half of quarterbacks in this league, and you can win a Super Bowl with him, in my opinion. I, I just – he, like, physically looks bad, okay? He's not putting any weight on – like, last week against Seattle, not putting any weight on that foot, okay? You can't fault him for that. I, it's really – I don't know. It's, just, it's frustrating as a fan seeing all these people like, oh, is he out? Like, what's the deal here? Things like that. So, I mean, if he's gone, then I respect the decision, but I still think that he – I still think that he can get the job done. All right, that's it for Thursday Night Football. Let's quickly cover some news, and then we're going to get into the Sunday preview. So, unfortunately, more corona shenanigans happened. Uh, Miami Dolphins, they entered an intensive protocol after assistant coach after one of their assistant coaches tested positive for COVID. As it stands right now, though, all the games are a go. We are all system goes. There were no new positives in Denver. San Francisco, which, I mean, they already played, doesn't really matter. Uh, but in Houston, no positive. And then Philly, who was on a bye, no positives there. However, the Bears, they had another positive test. Uh, they, they they play the Titans this weekend, but it's still all systems go. And then Cincinnati had two positive tests, but fortunately, they are on a bye, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, there was also some fines handed out yesterday or this morning. Uh, first, the NFL fined Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin $100,000 and the team $250,000 of the fine basically for not wearing masks. I'm confused about this because in that same game, John Harbaugh is, there's a picture of him just yelling at one of the refs with his mask down. So I, I don't really get it. The second one, and this is huge. This is like the one that's kind of been sticking around. The Raiders get fined again. So John Gruden, their head coach, he got fined another $150,000. The team got fined another half a million dollars. And just to make sure that the Raiders understand that they had to wear masks and what they're doing is, you know, bad, uh, the, the NFL took a sixth-round pick in this, in this upcoming year's draft away from the Raiders. And I've heard that the NFL said that the Raiders are not getting dessert after dinner. Um, they made that official. Even if the Raiders finished their entire plate, no dessert for them. They haven't earned it. Bad Raiders, bad. Straight straight up to their bedroom and they have to go to bed. No dessert, no TV, nothing like that. So, yeah, the NFL is cracking down a little bit. The violations that they uh, said the Raiders did. So, apparently, John Gruden can't keep his mask on. Uh, they've also allowed un unauthorized personnel into their locker room, which, I mean, you can't do that. That's a no-no. Uh, there was also a charity event a few weeks ago that the Raiders, some of the Raiders players 
attended, and there was a lot of them seen without a mask, including quarterback Derek Carr. So, uh, you know, they're not they're not doing themselves any favor. When asked about this, though, today Gruden came out and said he's proud of the way that his organization has handled the protocol and the entire process. So, honestly, honestly, I believe him. Okay, uh, there's more positive tests coming out. I mean, it's it'd be foolish to think that that these teams aren't doing everything in their power. Um, if I had to, if I was one of these players, I mean, it'd be hard to constantly remember to like keep your mask on at all times. I get it, but you have to, all right. That's just how the way that, that's just how it is right now in the world. That's just how things are. If we want to keep football going, we have to follow the precautions. I think that these penalties are ridiculously harsh. The Raiders now have, I mean, they've been fined almost $2 million uh, just for not wearing their mask. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm a big fan of like this a street a three strike policy, but immediately they were just you know, but they were trying to nip it in the butt and, and set an example. Unfortunately, the Raiders are going to be used as I guess the guinea pig here. Um, they're going to be. It seems like this is the team that the league is really paying attention to, and they're going to use them as as an example to show the other league like, hey, this is what this is what happens if you don't follow our rules. So it's a bummer because I think that there's other teams that are not wearing masks and not doing everything in their power to follow the protocols. It just, it's unfortunate that the Raiders and now the Steelers are, I guess, doing it more than others. That's going to do it though for news. Let's get into this football Sunday preview. I love this uh, part of the episode. I love Friday episodes. I love football Friday. So here we go. So last week, it was a rough week. A lot of upsets. I also picked the Niners against Seattle. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I don't know why I did that. I ended up eight and six last week. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Still a winning record. Uh, but yeah, just some done picks. A ton of upsets, right? We had the Bengals beating the Titans. We had Broncos coming back. Uh, you know, just a bunch of stuff. On the year, though, 84-34-1. I mean, I, I love that. We can, I mean, that's something that'll play, okay? Come on, that that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to knock on wood, but I do a pick-ems with my, um, one of my best friends, his dad's work. I got in that uh, several years ago, and currently I am leading the pool. So that deserves another little come that is strong, man. 84, 34, and 1. You got to love it. Oh, man. So, week 9. Great matchups this week. A lot of good games. So, here there are four teams on a bye. The Bengals, the Browns, the Rams, and the Eagles. The lines I'm going to be using are through ESPN. Here we go. I'm going to start with the Broncos and the Falcons because if I don't start here, it's going to drive me insane. Also, this week... I'm deciding to mix things up. So normally I start with injuries, right? I normally go through and say, like, here's who's questionable, here's who's out, things like that. I'm going to try a different approach. I feel like it's good. I like saying the injuries because I think that it's important, and I think that I like to kind of highlight certain players that maybe don't get the love, right? Maybe So, for example, offensive linemen, you know, defensive linemen, backup players that actually get a ton of minutes, things like that. But I'm going to – Try to do something a little bit different today. So, with all with that being said, let's get into it. And I have to start here because once again, it's going to drive me insane if I don't. The three and four Broncos—they're taking on the two and six Falcons. Atlanta is a four-point favorite. Once again, love Atlanta here. Love the line. Love Atlanta minus four. But here's the deal: the Falcons have hurt me. Okay, they have hurt me. I have been hurt by Atlanta. It's a toxic relationship, okay? It's it's that it's that ex girlfriend where you know it, it we we have the chemistry like there's but it's just like a brutal relationship, uh, whatever the sex is good, whatever reason you're still in it, whether the sex is good or like you know certain it, normally that's what it is if it's a toxic relationship where it's like well you know I just don't want to be by myself and I'd rather hook up with my ex than you know be happy alone. If that makes sense, so that's what I have with Atlanta, and I don't know. It's just, it's just so sad because I, you know, I always, I always have love for the Falcons, but as much as I love them, I gotta pick the Broncos here. I can't do it. Now Denver is without AJ Bouye. He's in concussion protocol. He's gonna be out, um, which could be a problem because the Falcons have wide receiver Julio Jones. Uh, also, Philip Lindsay, their running back, and wide receiver Tim Patrick are both questionable. It looks like they're gonna play though. 
at the end of the day, I trust Denver's defense. They have been solid. Vic Fangio has done a great job, their head coach, uh, with a good defensive scheme. Despite all their injuries, they've still been really good. They had a huge win last week. I think that that could spark maybe the offense. Maybe like, hey, like we're actually, you know, we're competitive. We can win against these teams. And I think that Atlanta, they're de- I mean, I know that Atlanta's defense sucks. They could also be missing two wide receivers, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. The defense, like I said, is a dumpster fire. I think this is also a really huge opportunity for Drew Locke. So he led the comeback, the quarterback for the Broncos. He led the comeback last week against the Chargers. I mean, you know, little column A, little column B. The Chargers basically self-imploded like they have this entire year. But, I mean, you still got to go out there and throw those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which he did. Uh, I think that for him – it's a big proving ground, and you know we've seen these young quarterbacks succeed. Uh, there's still question marks around Drew Locke. He'll get. It. I think he gets a pass this year because of all the injuries, and he loses his number one option in Cortland Sutton, a wide receiver. But I think that he could come out and deliver. And I'm going to take the Broncos here. Atlanta, you've hurt me. You really have. The six and one Seahawks are taking on the six and two Bills. Seattle is a three point road favorite. The Seahawks running backs are still banged up. Chris Carson is out. Carlos Hyde is questionable. Uh, Defensive end Carlos Dunlap, though, he's going to make his Seahawks debut. And Jamal Adams, the best safety in the league, one of the best defensive players in the league, he is going to be back. For Buffalo, uh, their starting center, Mitch Morse, is going to be out, along with their linebacker, Matt Milano. They can't. They can't keep this guy healthy, man. He's so good, and he just has been had lingering injuries all year. He's going to miss. Uh, Josh Norman, their cornerback, he's going to be out for second straight week two. I think he's still recovering from that Derrick Henry stiff arm from a couple weeks ago. I mean, that was brutal. I'm going to take Seattle here. It's what I should have done last week. I got too cute picking the Niners. It was a mistake. They're averaging 34 points per game on offense. The Bills' defense has been Really bad. They, they don't have Milano again. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Hot Lockett. They're going to have a field day, in my opinion. Do I now? Do I think Buffalo can keep up? I actually do. Right. John Brown is going to be in there. He he looked banged up last week. Hopefully he's healthier. Josh Allen. He can sling it. He's got a cannon. Stephon Diggs having a great season. Um, but if they get into a shootout with Seattle, they will lose because at the end of the day. Even though these both of these defenses are not great, I trust Seattle's defense to make a stop late in the game more than Buffalo's. Also, Buffalo was able to run the ball last week. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it again. I think it was a fluke thing against the Patriots. Who knows? But I am going to take Seattle here on the road to win. The 5-3 Bears, Dub Bears, are taking on the 5-2 Titans from Tennessee. Uh, there was a funny, I mean, it's not funny, but like it's just typical Bears. So Mitch Trubisky, so last week he, he actually played a snap. Uh, he lined up in Wildcat uh, in overtime, one snap. And, of course, on this play, it was, he ran to the left side. He injured his shoulder. <laughs> of course he did. Looks like he's not going to need surgery, but he is out for this game. So it's going to be all on Nick Foles. And, unfortunately, uh, Cody Whitehair, who was out last week, the starting center, he was out with an injury last week. He is now on the COVID list. So he misses again, along with Eddie Jackson. It looks like he is limited at practice, but it's leaning towards that he's going to be out as well, the safety. For the Titans, defensive end Davian Clowney, he's questionable. A lot of his play has been questionable, too. Uh, in seven games, only 15 tackles, no sacks, one forced fumble, and a couple of pass deflections. He really needs to step it up for them because their defense really needs the help. Wide receiver Adam Adam Humphreys is also out. Uh, it's it's a little it's it's he's like their third down guy. He works in the slot. It's not a huge loss for them. For me, this game's going to boil down to a stoppable force meeting a movable object. The stoppable force being the Bears' offense, which is putrid, and the movable object being the Titans' third down defense which is currently the worst third-down defense in NFL history. They are allowing a 62% conversion rate on third down. 10 of 15 last week for the Bengals. The week prior against the Steelers, Pittsburgh was 13 of 18 on third down. They should have beat Pittsburgh, and that was the reason why. Uh, They could have potentially beat 
the Bengals too if they can just get off the freaking field on third down. They just can't do it. Quarterback Desmond King, who they just traded for, who they just traded for from the Chargers, he has to quarantine, so he's not going to be available for this one. Uh, you know, despite the third down woes, I don't think that they're going to come into trouble this week. The Titans are going to win this game because you can't rely on the Bears to do anything, like offensively. Defense is great. They'll probably keep it close, right? I mean, they'll probably do their best to contain Derrick Henry. But Nick Foles in this offense, I mean, it's, it's it's insane how bad. It, it might be the most frustrating offense in the league to watch, straight up. Because you look at the record, you're like, oh, that good team, right? Because it's I, I would make the argument because we know that the Jets are bad, all right? But the Bears are, like, close. They're second in the division, and they've won a few games, and they have great weapons. Whereas, like, the Jets, they've been just destroyed with injuries, so they don't really have the weapons, all right? Whereas, like, with the Bears, they have the weapons. They're getting open. Nick Foles is missing them, or the line doesn't give them enough time. Time They were able to run the ball a little bit last week, but that was more of the Saints defense being bad than the Bears' run offense being good. I think that Ryan Tannehill, who wasn't awful last week, quarterback for the Titans, he... I think he let them down. I think it was the reason that they lost last week. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't he wasn't terrible, but he was not great. I think he has a bounce back week. He could he could pop off. Take the Titans here. Don't trust the Bears. They stink. They're gonna lose a bunch of games in a row here. It's really unfortunate. This I think it's only a matter of weeks until this defense quits on them, and then they're gonna start getting blown out. Because right now it looks like that they're still kind of competitive with Green Bay, but after they play Green Bay and they lose that game. It's probably gonna the season's gonna be officially over. It's already over in my eyes, but it'll be officially over after they lose to Green Bay in a couple weeks here. The five and two Ravens, another good game, taking on the five and two Colts. Baltimore is a one and a half point favorite. So the Ravens are dealing with some COVID issues of their own. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey, he tested positive. So he's gonna be out. Along with him, there are five other starters on defense that have close contacts, so they are quarantining. Quarantining? Is that a word? They're Yeah, I think so. They're out too. Uh, running back Mark Ingram is also doubtful, and cornerback Jimmy Swift is questionable. Even with all of these guys out, I am still going to take the Ravens on the road. Lamar is going to bounce back. He has to. It's a gut feeling, man. I think he's going to go out there and ball out. Uh, I'm, I'm not asking for too much. You just got to be decent in this one. I Now, I, I do want to admit, though, I could be wrong here because the Colts' defense is actually really good. Linebacker Darius Leonard, you're going to see him next Thursday. If you're not uh, – they, they haven't had any primetime prime time games this year. Next Thursday, they play the Titans. You're going to see them. And this game, I believe, we'll pro- you'll probably see early. Uh, Darius Leonard, their middle linebacker, he's in there. He's healthy. He came back last week. Their defense is good without him and top three with him. Like, they can't, that's their ceiling. Like, they can be top three with Darius Leonard in there. He is that good. Like, what Fred Warner is doing for the Niners, Darius Leonard is doing with the Colts. And the Colts have all their great players. So, yeah, really good defense. But offensively, I just don't trust Rivers in that offense right now. T.Y. Hilton, their wide receiver, he's banged up. Uh, Rivers, he did look good off the bye, but again, it's, he tends to just have these empty stats where, oh, he has oh, almost 300 yards passing and three touchdowns, but the team lost. Like He had a lot of those with the Chargers. He's had some games with the Colts, too, where you look at his stat line, it's not awful. Um, but there's been games this year, especially against Cleveland, where he just straight up lost the game for the team. I think that the Ravens' defense is still good, even though they're missing a few players. I think that it could bode some trouble for Phillip and that offense. And I think that Lamar is going to bounce back, so I'm going to take the Ravens here on the road. The 3-5 and five Panthers are taking on the 7-1 and one Chiefs in Kansas City. KC Mo is favored by 10.5 points. So I'll start with some good news uh, for Carolina. Their all-star running back, Christian McCaffrey, he should be back in this game, and they have missed him. Uh, they've hung in some games, and you'd only – I mean, I think they would have a winning record if McCaffrey had played – all, all eight of these games. The bad news, though, is that they have to play Kansas City, 
And Patrick Mahomes, who last week threw for over 400 yards and had five touchdowns. Also, their left tackle, Russell Okun, he looks like he's going to miss another week. And that was a huge blow. You saw it last Thursday against Atlanta. They really missed their left tackle. The good news, though, defensive end Chris Jones for the Chiefs, he is out. He got placed on the COVID list on Thursday. The bad news, though, (laughs) you're still playing the Chiefs, and their defense is actually good this year. They're a top-five defense, in my opinion. Kansas City is going to win this game. I could get ugly fast. I really still think that Andy Reid wants to make this a run-first offense, so Carolina is not great on the ground, or great defensively on the ground. They really stuck. They really suck stopping the rush. So look for, I think, Le'Veon Bell or Clyde edwards Laird to have a really big day here. Okay, the six. Oh, Jesus. They're not six. The three and four Lions take on the two and five Vikings. Minnesota is a four-point favorite. At the start of the week, I was looking at uh, the games, and I was like, oh, I think I'd pick Detroit here. Unfortunately, Matt Stafford got COVID, so he's out. Or actually, he was he's a high risk. He doesn't have COVID, but... He was around somebody who got COVID. So he's a high-risk case. So he is out. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay, he's out. There's two stars on defense that are not playing as well. Chase Daniel is going to be the quarterback under center. For those of you who don't know who he is, he was the Bears' backup last year. He actually beat the Lions a couple times. (laughs) It's kind of cool to see. Uh, Minnesota is missing three cornerbacks, but Dalvin Cook should have another field day against another defense that is terrible at stopping the run. Uh, He's going to carry the load. He's going to be great. I do have a message for Kirk Cousins here. Don't turn the ball over. It's the only way I see Detroit winning the game is if Cousins fumbles or throws a pick six or something like that. So take the Vikings here. Uh, if you have Dalvin Cook and Fantasy, hooray for you. They're going to have two monster weeks. Uh, yeah, just great. Take Minnesota. I mean, Chase Daniel, he can do a job, but without Kenny Galladay, I just don't see it. All right, a battle a battle for first place. Well, not for first place, but two teams still in the hunt for first place in the NFC East. We got the 1-7 Giants taking on the 2-5 and five Washington football team. A battle of Goliaths still vying it out for the number ones. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to take Washington here because I actually think all jokes aside, I think Washington can win this division. Here's why. They've looked great their last 2 weeks. Uh, they should have beat the Giants 3 weeks ago, uh, but they went for went for 2 instead of trying to force overtime. I thought that was a mistake. Uh they're really healthy right now. I say that but their left tackle Garen Christian Sr., he's doubtful, along with their wide receiver, Dontrell Inman, this week. But the defense is cooking, man. Right now, they're fourth in total yards allowed, and they have 22 sacks. They get after the they get after the quarterback, and with the, the Giants' offensive line being so bad, uh, no Will Hernandez again, no Devontae Freeman at running back, uh, Daniel Jones, who just unfortunately can't, Stop turning the ball over. I think that Washington is going to win this game. The offense also for Washington, they're starting to get things going. They're starting to click Kyle Allen in there. He looked good against the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys stink, but, you know, he still was able to drive them down against the Giants, things like that. The rookie running back, Antonio Gibson, he seems to, like, has he's found his footing. He's starting to emerge, too. I like Washington this week. All right. Another battle of Goliaths. In the AFC South, the 1-6 Texans taking on the 1-6 Jaguars. Houston is a seven-point favorite in this one. So for Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew, your quarterback, he is out, unfortunately. So in steps, your sixth-round pick in this year's year's draft. Jesus, I can't speak, man. Your sixth-round pick in this year's draft from Oregon State. Once a Beaver, now a Jaguar. Quarterback Jake Luton making his first NFL start. with and He's without wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. He's still on IR. But other than that, the offense is good to go. You have solid weapons there. D.J. Chark, you got the rookie, LaVisca Chenault, who's, who's had a really – he's had a quiet season. Not a lot of people paying attention in Jacksonville, right, if you're not a Jaguar fan. But LaVisca Chenault, he's kind of their utility guy. He'll run the ball for them. He's been he'll, – he'll take wide receiver sweeps and screens. He's made a couple of nice catches as well. He's having a really good season. It's just a bummer that 
Jake Luton has to face off against an energized, a re-energized, excuse me, Texans team with Deshaun Watson. Uh, they've played a lot better than the record shows. Deshaun Watson, his last three games, he's completing on average 74% of his passes, has nine touchdowns and only two interceptions against this terrible against this terrible Jags defense with the weapons that he has. Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. He should have another sensational day at the office. I'm taking the Texans here. Something to watch, too, on defense for Houston. J.J. Watt, there was rumors that he was going to get traded. He came out this week and said, you know, I know I'm, I don't have 10 years left in the league, but I feel like I have a few more good years here, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to rebuild. So look for him to maybe, uh, you know, shut up some, some, some of these rumors, some of the doubters, and have a really explosive game against uh, the Jaguars' offensive line. I think he could get after the – I think J.J. Watt could have one of those vintage J.J. Watt games here. So something to watch. We move out – we move back to the West Coast. Well, where is – yeah, we move back to the West Coast here. The 4-3 and three Raiders taking on the 2-5 and five Chargers. The line in this game is even. And the reason it's even is because of the <laughs> – because the Chargers keep blowing lead. Speaking of teams that are better than the record shows – the L.A. Chargers, I mean, what a shit show they got going on. They've blown five leads this year of 11 points of mo- eleven points or more, and they've lost four out of those five games. Three, They had three leads this year where they were up 17 points or more, and they have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory every time. <laughs> oh. Because of this, I have to take the Raiders here. I can't, I can't trust the Chargers, even though... The Chargers could very easily, and this is this just seems to be their mo for the past four or five years. Is on paper this team is stacked, right? Um, also on the Raiders side, their right tackle Trent Brown, he has had some health issues. He had COVID, and then there was also a health scare. We had to get uh, carted out of the locker room, so he is going to be out. And then his backup Sam Young is questionable. So they have had line inju- line issues. Excuse me. Um, the Raiders have, but they've had players step up, uh, particularly their left guard, Denzel Good. He's been having a Pro Bowl-type season for them. He's really been great with Rick, with their starting left guard, Richie Incognito, going on IR. I believe he had season-ending surgery, so he's been great for them in stepping up. I have to take the Raiders, but like I said, the Chargers could blow them out. Uh, Justin Herbert has been outstanding, and the Raiders' defense, you take out last week, they're allowing – 30 points or more a game. L.A. also gets back their right tackle, Brian Balaga. They could potentially get their right guard, Trey Turner, back as well. Um, Joey Bosa is doubtful, though, and Casey Hayward, their cornerback, is questionable. Uh, So, you know, it's just frustrating because I I, I like the Chargers, right? It's just I I can't pick them here. But this is a game where they could totally blow out the Raiders. They, they totally could. All right, Raiders defense, they have some solid players. Uh, a guy I'm hot on, Jonathan Abram, is really, I mean, he's really, really good. Uh, but you just can't trust him, man. They haven't been able to close out these games, and so I can't trust him here. I have to take the Raiders. A team I'm hot on anyways. I don't really have an issue taking the Raiders here. So I'm going to take them on the road against L.A., a team that I think in L.A. is better than them. I think they have a better roster, but they just can't. they just can't find ways to win. <laughs> or they, they can't, yeah, they keep finding ways to lose is more like it. All right, a game that I thought, like, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, you look, you see the schedule, and you're like, oh, this could be a good game. And now it's like, oh, man, so much can happen in a season, and now it's bad. Uh, the 7-0 Steelers taking on the 2-6 and Cowboys. Beginning of the year, you're thinking, oh, yeah, like, that could be a good game. Big Ben versus Dak, right? You know, uh, Cowboys could be winning their division at this point. That's just a bummer here. Pittsburgh is a 14-and-a-half-point 14 favorite. I'm going to be quick here. Take Pittsburgh. All right, just just take Pittsburgh. Dallas is a dumpster fire right now. Uh, last week they started their rookie quarterback, Ben DiNucci. This week they're going in a different direction. It'll be Garrett Gilbert behind center. In six games in his NFL career, he's two for six with 40 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, defensive, I mean, it's it's best of luck, Garrett, all right? Best of luck. He's getting thrown right into the fire here. He has to face the best defensive line in football. Plus, his running back, Zeke Elliott, is questionable for this game. 
Godspeed, Garrett. Godspeed. I do want to put out a little disclaimer, though, on this game. So I am not going to do this, all right? I repeat, I am not going to do this. But if you wanted to take Dallas plus 14 and a half, I, I, I can't blame you, okay? Pittsburgh is coming off a really big win, right, where they didn't play well, but they still got the victory, okay? So it looked a little bit sloppy against the Ravens last week. Huge division win, okay? They could be a little bit sluggish, right? Not taking this game serious against Dallas, right? Dallas is terrible. Um, so it could be closer than people think, all right? Now, once again, I do not have the cojones to do this, all right? I don't have the cojones to take Dallas plus 14 and a half, but I don't blame you if you want to do it. I don't think that Dallas can cover 14 and a half. I, I'm sorry, Garrett Gilbert. I'm sure you're a nice guy, but I don't think you can do it. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to – I think Mike Tomlin's too good of a coach. I think that they're going to come out and beat the better teams. That's, the, that's what they normally do. The one thing that Pittsburgh has been known for over you know Tomlin's tenure as head coach is that teams that they are better than, they destroy them. And so I see that happening again. If you want to take Pittsburgh minus 14.5, you can. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I didn't take the – Chiefs last week to cover the 20 points. They ended up covering. I, I just, I'm not a big fan. I mean, over two scores, I, I don't like it. Okay, a lot can go wrong. I don't have the cojones, like I said, to, to bet Dallas plus 14 and a half. But if you want to do it, you're more than you're more than happy. I mean, Godspeed. Godspeed, Gilbert. Godspeed you if you take Dallas plus 14 and a half. You, if you want to sweat a little bit on Sunday. Just pick the Steelers and move on. Okay, don't do it. Pick the Steelers and move on. All right, I'm excited for this next game here. The 4-3 and three Dolphins travel to Arizona to take on the 5-2 and two Cardinals. Arizona is a 4.5-point favorite. We got the fifth pick in this year's draft, Tua Tungavailoa, taking on the first pick in last year's draft, Kyler Murray. I'll start with Arizona. So running back Kenyon Drake and cornerback Drake Greenlaw, they're going to be out. Uh, the running back for the Cardinals is going to be Chase Edmonds. It's going to be the Chase Edmonds show along with Kyler Murray running the rock. He's looked great in his uh, shared touches with Drake this year. I actually think he's a better running back. And I think that this week could be a separator game for him. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona off the bye here at home to win. They have the number one total offense right now. Uh, the defense is playing well. The secondary has been great. They lose Kirkpatrick for this game, but Patrick Peterson has been solid on the outside. He'll be on Devontae Parker, along with their safety, Buda Baker, a top five safety in the league. Could be top three, depending on who you like, depending on, you know, who you talk to. Miami is also really banged up at running back right now. Uh, their best back, Miles Gaskin, he just got placed on the IR this week. Matt Breida is also ruled out. DeAndre Washington, who they just traded for from Kansas City, he has to quarantine, so he's not available for this game, which leaves Jordan Howard, who has been bad, and he's been in the doghouse. They, they, do, not, they do not like him. He's been healthy scratches. So he'll be playing and toting the, toting the rock along with Patrick Laird. And he's, eh, he's meh. So not, not a lot, which, which means that if they can't run the ball, then all the pressure is on Tua in his second start, his first on the road. And I just don't see it. I'll be rooting for Tua in this one. I, the Miami's defense could keep it close, but I think the Cardinals are going to win. And, it, and this is one where I think it could get very ugly. If, especially if Tua turns the ball over like he did against the Rams early. Uh, his defense was able to bail him out, but I don't know if they can do it again. So, yeah, take the Cardinals. All right, and last but not least, we got Sunday Night Football. We got the New Orleans Saints heading down to Tampa Bay to take on the 6-2 and two Buccaneers. The Saints are 5-2. and two. Tampa Bay is a 4.5-point favorite. So there's been a ton of hype around this game. We got Brady's Brady versus Breeze Part 2. We have a potential, um, you know, NFC Championship game. Winner of this most likely wins the division, this, that, and the other thing. I think that the Buccaneers are going to absolutely crush the Saints in this one. I think Tampa Bay is better in almost every position. Quarterback, I'm going to take the guy who's thrown 17 touchdowns and only one interception since week three, Tom Brady. Running back, you got to give it to Alvin Kamara and the Saints. He's sensational. But 
Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they're nothing to sneeze at. They've been great too, but the edge goes to the Saints. At wide receiver, we got the Antonio Brown debut. Chris Godwin is expected to play, and Mike Evans. You give it to Tampa. However, Mike, I'm sorry, Michael Thomas is going to be back for the Saints. That's huge. He hasn't played since week one. But you give the edge to Tampa Bay. At tight end, I mean, come on, I'm going to pick against Gronk? No, absolutely not. Edge Tampa. Offensive line, I'll give it to the Saints because for Tampa Bay, their left guard, Allie Merritt, is out for this one. The Saints' offensive line is really good. They've only allowed nine sacks this year. But right behind them, Tampa Bay is only allowed ten. But for this game, I'll give it to the Saints. We go to the other side of the ball, and it's all Tampa Bay. Defensive line, check Tampa. Linebackers, check Tampa. Secondary, check Tampa. The Saints, unfortunately, they just traded for Quan Alexander, but he has to quarantine. So uh, the, the, line, the former linebacker for the Niners, he is going to be out in this one. New Orleans also just added defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins and their cornerback Justin Hardy to the IR. This defense is allowing 28 points per game. They're not good. The Saints cannot throw the ball deep. It's the one place I think you can actually beat Tampa Bay is hucking it down the field. You saw Justin Herbert do it. You saw the Giants try to do it on Monday night. Uh, the Saints, that's not part of their, their MO. Drew Brees can't throw it 40 yards. It's not what they do. I think this should get out of hand very quickly. I think that Tampa Bay is going to assert their dominance in this division. They are the best team in the NFC, in my opinion, and I think it's going to be a blowout. I really do. All right, that is it for the previews. Let's get to the bets. So last week we were in the black, baby. Four out of six. Come on. Let's keep it going. So like I said, five bets every week, and then we have one upset bet or one spicy bet. And so here we go. So first one, I'm going to take Denver here plus four. I just, I can't, I love Atlanta minus four here, but I'm going to pick, I'm gonna, I took the Broncos in the picks. I'm going to take them to cover the four points. I think that Denver plays a really good defense. Atlanta does not play good defense. Big game for Drew Luck. I'm expecting him to continue the momentum from the fourth quarter against the Chargers last week and play well against a terrible Atlanta defense on the road. Get that dub, cover the four points. Good teams win, great teams cover. Come on, Denver. All right. Next, I got Baltimore minus one and a half. I just love the number here. I think Lamar Jackson is going to bounce back, and I only need to win by a field goal. Uh, yeah, like let's do that. I love it. That'll that'll work for me. Uh, the Ravens defense, yes, they are missing some players here, uh, but I still think they're going to make Rivers uncomfortable. I think that Rivers could make a mistake in this one, and so I'll take Baltimore minus one and a half on the road. Next, Washington minus two and a half. Again, I love the number here. Washington's at home, and I got to win by a field goal. Uh, yeah, cha-ching. I love that. Uh, they're a better team, in my opinion. They're off of a bye. The offense is getting better. This defense is great. The Giants' offensive line stinks. Washington should win this game like very easily. They'll cover the 2.5. I'll take Arizona minus 4.5 as well. Like I said, last week, Miami had two defensive touch or two touchdowns um, by their special team and defense, right? One, the fumble recovery, and then you had the special teams, the punt return, right? Uh, that's not going to happen again. The Dolphins' offense last week, only eight first downs and only 145 yards total. That's it. They were outgained by 300 yards. Uh, they're banged up at running back. It's going to fall on Tua's shoulder. It's his first road game, his second start of his career. I just don't see it. I, he's, I don't think he'll be able to keep up with Kyler Murray. So I love Arizona minus four and a half. And then last, I got Tampa Bay minus four and a half. I love it. This is my lock of the week. I love it. They're the better team. They're at home. They've already lost against the Saints in the division. This is, I feel, a must win for them in the, as far as like the division record. Uh, it's going to be, I think, almost like a revenge game from week one. I think it could be a blowout early. I think they're going to stomp them. I love the four and a half. I think it's, yeah, I, I, my, my lock of the week. My lock, I, like, I have 100% confidence. It's my lock of the week, Tampa Bay minus four and a half. And I guess not technically not last, but my upset bet of the week here, Carolina plus ten and a half. They get McCaffrey back, the Panthers do, which is huge for them. No Chris Jones for Kansas City. Now, Russell Okun might be out, the left tackle. If he doesn't play, I'm a little bit hesitant, but still, their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, 
He has great weapons on offense, great weapons, great wide receivers. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. He's played really well this year. If this line can hold up and stop the pass rush of Kansas City, they can keep it within 10 points. I think they have enough firepower on offense to keep it within 10 points. So, yeah, I love Carolina plus 10 and a half as my upset bet. I don't, you know, as my spicy upset bet, I love Carolina plus 10 and a half. All right, so that is it for the bets. There you have it. Denver plus four, Baltimore minus one and a half, Washington minus two and a half, Arizona minus four and a half, Tampa Bay minus four and a half, and my upset bet, my spicy bet of the week, Carolina plus ten and a half. And with all that said, that's the bets done, that's the picks done. That is going to do it. Another week in the books. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with anyone else who might like it as well. I appreciate all the support. Thank you so much for listening. There's something here, man. I really, I've been having a lot of fun doing this podcast. There's something to this, man. I, I, I there is something here. Like, I, I don't know, like whether it's just like a, a really like fun hobby that I'm going to stick with, but I, or more like potentially make this a, a long term, maybe even like a career thing. But there is something to this. I think I've found something I want to do, like 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 long term. Whether it's just like I said, whether maybe it's just, um like a fun thing for family and friends to listen to, or who knows, like maybe we go, we go global prestige worldwide. I have no idea, but it's been a lot of fun over this. Like it's, it's getting on like two months now. been doing this pretty solid. All right. I'm going to get out of here though. Have a great weekend. Go watch some sports. Uh, let's go. Uh, please don't make me look foolish. Tampa Bay minus four and a half. That's my lock. Don't make me look dumb. Uh, like I said, have fun. Uh, don't turn off your TV. Don't watch any of the political news. Just go watch some sports. Sunday should be great. Should be a lot of fun with football. Um, I think the Masters are this weekend too, if I'm not mistaken, with golf. So yeah, have a great weekend. Go watch some sports. I will see you all next week. I'm out.